So thank you so much for having me, James. This is like a, it's such a privilege, but I'm also just so impressed here because like, like uh, Pastor James said, we've known each other for more than 20 years now. And just to see what God has done in him during that time and that he's led him into this, this, uh, this calling and this mission of establishing and growing Salt and Light Ministries. Really something to see in this beautiful home that he's given you, you know, that you've, you've said is, you've already given back to him. I mean, seven days a week. But then you, you take this time on Sunday morning and you sanctify it for a special purpose. And to have that and be a part of that this morning is just a real privilege. But I'm going to, uh, this morning, man, I appreciate so much you inviting me to, to preach this morning. And I just, uh, I just wanted to, I like doing things really simple. I like it when you find a passage of scripture that's, thank you, sir. Passage of scripture that is really simple and straight to the point. And, you, you know, it's just easy to get. So that I found one of those for this morning. And I'm going to share that with us this morning. We're going to look at this just word by word, phrase by phrase, and just see what it has to say to us. What God will say to us through his word. So this is, James asked me, excuse me, I, I, I know him back before he was Pastor James, and sometimes I'll just say James, but he is definitely Pastor James to me now, and I, but I just, I just, when he asked me, you know, did I have a title, I don't even have a title, I just, my title is just my scripture. I said, just title it James 1, 2, 3, 4, because it's James chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. So James 1, 2, 3, 4, that's our title today. And we're going to look at this and just, just like I said, word by word, phrase by phrase, and we'll just take it and see what God says to us. First of all, it says, and James is talking to, not this James, but the James. By the way, this is James, not the brother of John, son, son of Zebedee, who followed Jesus. That James is already dead. He was persecuted and killed in Jerusalem. We read about that in, I believe it's Acts chapter 15. And he had been the leader of the church in Jerusalem, but now he's now you know he's he's gone. He's with Jesus, so they've somehow and it's kind of veiled from us how it was done. But at some point they established that James, the brother of Je the half brother of Jesus, the son of Joseph, would now be the leader of the church. And so now it's James, brother of Jesus, as the leader of the church. And he's writing this, this, this letter. You know, this, this letter is one of the, what they call the, the general epistles. And be, it's because it's written to the church in general. Most of Paul's letters, you know, the titles of them are to a certain church or to a certain person. But these letters are the general epistles, and this is one of them. And it's written to all the Christians everywhere. It says, I think in the very beginning of the book, that this book is to the 12 tribes of Israel which represents the church at that time, as they are scattered abroad, I believe it says. So it's they're scattered abroad. Now remember, God's word is timeless. So we definitely fall into, even in our day, those churches that are scattered abroad. We're scattered all the way over here. Think about it. He's writing this from somewhere in the Middle East. And we're way over here in the West, in the United States, close to the East Coast. And we are part of the church that is scattered abroad. So we can, what I'm trying to say is, there's every reason to believe that this is written for us and to us. 
So I'm going to use my phone here for my notes. I've got it on airplane mode because there's nothing more distracting than a text coming through while you're trying to preach. And I've already had a couple of those this morning, so it's on airplane mode. But I don't know how to solve the problem of the, you know, it timing out and going black on me. But at least I'll get to see my, uh, my grandkids because those are the pictures that will come up. Thanks to my wife. But one more thing I just want to say um, this morning just with this group that's here. That I, I'm, I'm so glad that what God is doing in you, Brother James, and I just, I think you're doing everything right. You know, I, I look back at my life and I see mistakes that I made here and there and some things that maybe I would have done different. And I'm going to tell you, if I was going to start a church, I would want my family with me and I'd want somebody like Brent Park with me. Because I know this man, I know him well. You know, we've kind of worked together and we've been brothers in Christ for kind of side by side, shoulder to shoulder for, for a few years. And I don't know of anybody that I admire more than this brother in Christ right here. So I'm so glad that, Brent, that you're a part of this and that you're here with us this morning, brother. It's very encouraging to me. So if I can... Okay, but that was a nice picture. <laughs> but James 1, 2, 3, 4. The, okay, I'm going to get back to this now, or finally get to it. How about that? The very first words in this verse, or this passage, is, My brothers. So what is he, leaving all the ladies out? That's not very kind. I mean, come on, Lord, can't you include the ladies? Well, I think the Lord in another place in the New Testament has already established that he hasn't done that because he said that in Christ there's neither male nor female. Remember he said there's neither male nor female, Greek nor Jew, or I can't remember all the list, but that, that there aren't these different categories in Christ, but that we're all the same in Jesus Christ. And, but, but yet they don't stop using words like sons instead of children and sons and daughters. They use the word sons and brothers. So why is that? Well, there's a very encouraging reason, ladies, that, that I think the Lord does that in His Word in the New Testament. And that is, well, you know, biblical culture is, during that time, the sons were the ones that received the inheritance from the father, not the daughters. Like, and usually just the oldest son was the one that would, he would get the bulk of the inheritance. And the daughters, you know, they would marry someone and they would be part of that inheritance that their husband would, would receive, but they wouldn't receive a direct inheritance from, the, from their father. But there being neither male nor female in Christ kind of puts all the women in the same category as the men. So when we read, ladies, when we read in the New Testament, sons or, or brothers, what's that, what that saying is that, that you have the same status. It's not at all about gender, it's really about status. And you have, been, you have been placed in the same status as that oldest son that will receive all the inheritance. There's no difference. I mean, it's all the same. So that's why, that's why uh, now there are some translations that will They'll, be, they'll make it more all-inclusive. They'll say things like sons and daughters or children or brothers and sisters. And I'm glad they do that. So it makes it clear that everyone is included. But even if we use the older translations and look at those words, though, just those male words, man, it's so, it's so encouraging to me that 
You know, there's, there's not one status in Christ Jesus that's, that's, that's more important than another, it's more privileged than another, but that we are all of the highest status together and have, are the most, the most benefited, the most privileged of all. All of us are in that same category. So James says, my brothers, and that includes all of us. And then he says, count it joy. So what does he mean there, count it joy? And, he, and what he's talking about, he says, when you enter into various trials. So he's going to talk about trials. When we, when we enter into all these kinds of different trials. But he says, count it joy. And one thing I know about Brent Park is that he's an accountant. He was an accounting major and he's worked as an accountant. And this word right here, count, in the original language is an accounting word. What it means is apply it to the category of in your bookkeeping. So have you, have you ever worked at a job that's like, you know, you, you're, you're receiving invoice or you're receiving receipts and the bookkeeper is trying to figure out, you know, you, you've, you've, you've spent money on this, you spent money on that. And she wants to know where, I say she, it could be a he or she, they want to know where this should apply to. Like this expense right here. And some, sometimes maybe you'll get a call or an email or whatever and they'll say, where, where does this apply to? What, what category or class of expenses does this apply to? So you have to say, well, this amount of it is for, uh, for supplies. This amount was, was for labor. And now this amount was for, uh, what's another category? Help me out, bookkeepers. Parts. Oh, what? Parts. Parts, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, all these different, these different categories of, of the expenses that you can class something to. So you can count these things toward that. Count this amount toward that and count this amount toward that. So James says, when you're in a trial, okay, there's expense involved in a trial, right? I mean, there's discomfort. Yeah, I mean, you're having to give up some, you're giving up some comfort. Maybe you're giving, maybe it's even painful. It might even cost you some money. It may take a hit. You know, your, your relationship, one of your relationships may take a hit for a little bit. There's some cost in it when you're in a trial. And James says, listen, all those expenses, all that cost to you, take it and apply it to the category of joy. So all this right here, you can count toward joy. All this right here is, is accomplishing for us joy. So when we've got these different categories of expenses, why are we spending on this? So we can have this. Why are we spending on labor? So we can have staff. Why are we spending on parts? So we can build up a, a supply of parts. Parts, right. And so all these, these ways, this, this is what James is doing here. I don't know if they did things exactly like that in his day, but it's similar to that. They're, he's just trying to get us to know what to do with the cost of these trials. And he says, count them joy. In other words, what, you know, what it means for us in everyday living is just be joyful about it. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? That we would be joyful about having to go through the pain of a trial. Why would we be joyful about that? Well, he tells us that. He says, that was a nice picture too. I love these pictures of my grandkids. <laughs> I wish I could show these to you guys. Because that, that's where our joy is now, isn't it? So, but he says, um, he says, uh, count it joy when you enter into these various trials, knowing that. 
So knowing that, he's about, he says, it's because of what you know, what I'm about to tell you now, what you're going to know that will allow you to be joyful in these trials. So here's why and he spends the rest of the, his time in this passage telling us what we should know that will help us to be joyful in trials. And here they are. First of all, the testing of your faith. So your faith is being tested. And we know any time that our faith is tested, that it's, it's, being, you know, it's, it's, being, um, it's being given an opportunity to shine forth and to show what it really is. And it's also being strengthened because fire burns off all the dross. It burns off all the impurities so that we come forth out of the fire stronger, more capable, and more able to believe God and walk with God through things. So, in the... Well, that would include you too. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. She's the one that set them all up for me. I can't even do that on my phone. So he says, he says, um, the testing of your faith, and uh, but it also so it's, it's it's doing something in your faith, but it's also doing this. It produces patience. What is patience? Patience is the ability to stick with it and not give up. That's, let's just keep it simple. That's what patience is. It's the, ability, it's the ability to stick with it and not give up. And we need that big time in our walk with God because there's so many opportunities to give up. But remember this, that every opportunity to give up is also an opportunity to continue and go deeper and go further. So. He says this produces that patience that we so badly need. And then he talks about the rest of this time he's going to pretty much talk about patience. So we're going to look into patience now going forward here the rest of our time. He says let patience have its perfect work. In other words, man, build your patience. Use your patience. Make patience a high value, a high priority for you. And you know, just concentrate on that and value it so that it can grow in your life and be stronger and stronger and stronger why do we need patience to grow because if we have the ability to not give up and not quit but to continue on with God that's going to take us all the way through to, to the place where we're standing before him in his glory finally receiving these things that we've been promised so patience that's how important patience is and if we don't have it we won't make it there so that's why James is telling us here you know, ah oh man, lost it again. <laughs> See me laugh or smile every time those pictures come up. But the uh, he says, let patience have its perfect work. In other words, go all the way through your life, build patience, build patience, build patience. Evidently, we're going to need it as we get older, even as we get old. Now, I don't know what that means to get old because I'm not really old. But you know, sit, laughed all the all the younger people. So we're going to need this, though, through our whole lives. Who knows, but at the very, toward the end of our lives, that there wouldn't be this opportunity to quit and just throw in the towel on our faith and not make it to the end, not finish our race. Who knows, but that, might, that opportunity might be there. And we want to make sure that that doesn't happen, man. I mean, if anything, we want to finish strong with Jesus, right? So we, we need to be patient. We want to continue to work on our patience our whole lives. Not just at the beginning of our marriage or the beginning of our lives, but at the very end of our lives. 
let patience have its perfect work. I think of patience as being kind of like a muscle, something that you have to exercise to get stronger. I was, you know, we have a little gym at our house, and I was, our, our oldest grandson Titus was, was, uh, was with us, we were keeping them, and I was going out to the gym to do a workout, and he wanted to come with me. And I said, all right, you can come, but you can't talk to me while I'm doing a set of exercises. Because, you know, if you ever tried to work out with people around, you know, and they're talking to you, you're, trying, you're just trying to count your bench presses. And they're talking to you to lose count, you know, and just a, it, it just mess up your whole workout. So you can't talk to me, Titus. Okay, he, he agreed to that. So, um, so we're, we're in there, and I'm getting ready to do a set of something, and he finds a little exercise he'd like to do. I said, that's good, but just remember, don't talk to me. <laughs> it's all about my workout. <laughs> but, but just do your workout. And uh, so he does his little thing, and I do a, I do a set of something. I'm going to another set. He's doing something else. So we're, we're going through this. And after just two or three sets, he just says, he just says, I think I'm going to quit and go inside. <laughs> and I said, Titus, you know what muscle you're building? What, G-Pop? You're building, right now you're building your quitting muscle. And so he, that didn't really bother him all that much. I thought, I thought maybe that would change his mind, but he went on inside anyway. So Titus was working on his quitting muscle that time. And, uh, and I, every time I do a workout, I have, to, I have to resist working on my quitting muscle and work instead on my, my continuing muscle. Because something, something about putting your body through something that just makes you feel like, ah, you know, I, I'd love to quit this. And that's the way it is in our lives with the Lord a lot of times. You know, it's, it's hard at times. And it's so easy just to, you know, to activate our quitting muscle and just kind of throw in the towel on it. Not just maybe we wouldn't throw in the towel on our, our walk with the Lord and our faith in Him as our Savior, but maybe on this thing that He's got us doing right now. That we, we would consider being disobedient and just bailing on obedience in this. But James says... Don't do that. So uh, he he just makes this a super high, a super high priority for us to have our patience, to keep our patience, to keep our commitment to the Lord and not give up on it. And I just want to I want to share a poem with you guys this morning. Now I know. There's a couple of people, maybe, maybe well, I know there's at least three people in here who've heard this, maybe four or more. But still, I want to share this with you. And that kind of spoils the whole thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. And this poem is called Plow On. If you ever heard the Plow On poem, raise your hand. All right, so this poem is in stanzas. And the first stanza goes, Plow On, Plow This is just a poem to help you remember to not quit and to keep going. So the first stanza is plow on, plow on, plow on, plow on. Plow on, plow on, plow on, plow on. The second stanza goes like this. Plow on, 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 plow on. The third stanza, I bet you can guess how it goes. You guys help me out, will you? Plow on, 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 plow on. So we use that poem, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've used that with Christian recovery houses just to help people remember to uh, just to not give up and to keep going. 
it's a simple it's oversimplified but that's kind of the point that because because we need to live kind of a redundant life at times and just keep doing what God has had us doing and not not stop and not not give up on it so just plow on plow on okay so um, I want to ask you a question what are the tempters and, you, and, I'm, and this is not rhetorical I'd love to hear somebody speak out what are the what are the tempters that are there for you to make you quit what are is there is there one that somebody has like what is it that, that, that makes me tempted to throw in the towel and quit on something God has me doing anybody no results. That's a good one. Listen to this. I thought somebody was going to say that. So I'm prepared. <laughs> okay, Moses, talk about, talk about, you know, sanctifying and setting aside a place, making it holy for a particular purpose of God, like, like you've done with your home this morning. Well, you know, Moses comes to God and God says, you're on holy grounds, so take off your sandals. And the Lord speaks to him and calls him to go and take out the people, take the people, the Israelites in Egypt, out of Egypt and into the promised land. And so, uh, you know, Moses in the conversation, well, he wants a sign. You know, how am I going to know? Now think about that. This guy's standing in front of a burning bush that's not being consumed. The voice of God is speaking to him. And he wants to know what a sign, what, what sign, how will he know that this is really God speaking to him and calling him to do this? But God still, he tells him what the sign is. Listen to this, you guys. He says, he says, here's your sign. Once you've gone to Egypt and brought them out, and he doesn't tell them what all he's going to go through, but he's going to take them through the Red Sea, and he's going to, they're going to go through some real challenges. But once you do all that, and you come back to this mountain, that'll be your sign. So listen to that. Man, that sign just wouldn't work for most, most of us. Like, I, I'd like to get something a little earlier on in the process, you know. But he said, go through the whole process, then bring them back right here, and that will be your sign. Once you get here, you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is right. This is the sign that I'm supposed to do this. So God says, don't require a sign of me, right? What did Jesus say to them? They, they kept asking him for a sign. He said, you're not going to get one. You want a sign? And he kind of said the same thing. Your sign is going to be after you kill me and I spend three days in the tomb and then I rise again. That'll be your sign because it's the same sign as Jonah who was in the fish for three days. So requiring a sign from God can't be, and I know that's not exactly what you said. You said just seeing, seeing some some outcomes you know things that would be encouraging to you if they're absent you know that can be that can be a temptation to throw in the towel yeah. man I want to I want to commend you because you're just you seem to be just going forward without that or with with without a lot of that at a lot of the time because you're operating on what God has put in you not what you're seeing with your eyes and that's a great example, and, you, and I think you're going to have some great stories to tell in a few years of where you started and where God has taken you to. And all great stories have great challenges, you know, sprinkled in. So um, 
this is just one of the challenges in your story that's going to resolve and give God glory and you're going to tell it to a lot of people and they're going to hear how God has brought you through times when you didn't see the outcomes maybe that you wanted to but you kept going you plowed on you were patient you lived Pastor James by James 1, 2, 3, 4 so what's the next phrase in this in this verse I'm sorry well I got a little bit more I want to talk about here before we move on to the next one um, and that is we're talking about these 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 tempters that would that would tempt us to uh, to throw in the towel and stop and not continue patiently with God we I don't know about you guys but you know we watch we watch series on t on TV a couple of years ago we were watching this series called alone I think that was the name of it, alone right where they would take these they would take these people out and they would they were all on the same island but every one of them was alone they were like they couldn't operate and work as a team to survive they, each one of them had to be alone so they didn't have any they didn't have the benefit of any help from anybody or anybody encouraging them or people having some strengths that made up for their weaknesses or any of that stuff it was just them they were by themselves and so it kind of tracked them all of them and it just watched so the ones that made it a certain amount of time they would win like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that but they could tap out anytime they wanted to they had a some kind of a phone where they could just call and say come get me I'm done with this and so uh, you know we watched as every one of them all these people kept you know kind of tapping out and give giving up on it all the way and it follows the one person that makes it all the way to the end what was amazing was to me I mean I would not have thought this but you would think that hunger and um, maybe fear of, of some of the animals because there was there were bear there were cougars and there were wolves right was it wolves so those three animals those three predators were there and so you could understand that fear might be a reason for them to tap out or if they'd get hungry because they had to survive on the land and have any anything with them you know food wise or anything so they 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 had all these reasons that they could tap out but what was most surprising to me was that a lot of them when they made a mistake they had such regret about that and it messed with them so much that they tapped out just because they had made a mistake they were disappointed in themselves they couldn't handle their own failure is what I'm saying so our own failure is can be a tempter to make us throw in the towel the good news about that is Jesus has already taken care of our failures of every kind as soon as they're done man they are in the past they're not a part of our lives anymore he has removed them so we don't ever have to let past failures cause us to give up on anything and, and if they try to then you know that's just a tool of Satan so you know who you know how to talk to him right we we're singing that earlier just speak speak the name of Jesus to him and tell him to get where he belongs behind you so if you're getting past failures as a reason for you to throw in the towel and I'm gonna tell you I've dealt with that but there was a few weeks ago that had a meaningful time pastor James had a meeting and out and he invited the board members to that meeting and he spoke a word to us that went right to my heart because I'm 60 years old and I've had some failures in my life and 
I have at times let that discourage me from doing something new with God. But I feel like now God has some new things for me. I've, and I feel like He wants me to write and I feel like I'm not even going to I'm not going to even speak out what, what we've talked about that I'm going to do next because so many people would just tell me you're too old for that. You can't start that now. But I feel like I've heard from the Lord on this and He's saying that, that I can do this now and that I should go forward with this. And you guys will, uh, hopefully I'll be able to demonstrate to you what that is, but I'm not going to just speak it out right yet. But I have, like I said, dealt with can I do this because of, you know, I've failed in the past. So can I do this? But Pastor James shared this little message with us about, about when, when Jesus called Simon Peter. And, you know, he comes to, the, comes to his boat and he says, put out a little bit further. And Peter says, well, we've been fishing all night in these waters, hadn't caught a thing. But he says, I'll do it because you say so. And then somewhere in that, in that little passage is the phrase, but this time. And Pastor James just communicated that to our little group as we sat there, that regardless of how things have happened before or how things are happening elsewhere right now, but this time with you, there's success planned for you. And that just, I, just, I just drank that right into my heart and applied it to my situation. And I want to just kind of relay that to you this morning. I've gotten that from him and I just want to relay that to you this morning that it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. This time, things can be different. In fact, things will be different this time if, God is, if, if, if you're involved with it and God's involved with it. So... Now let's get to the next phrase in this, in this passage. It says, it says, that you may be perfect. That's what he says, that you may be perfect. And I'm going to stop right there. And you think, well, we can't be perfect. You know, we're going to be, we're going to make mistakes. We're just, we're human. But look at it this way. Okay, have you ever seen the movie Remember the Titans? Mm -hmm. So this, this team, the Titans, you know, they've had this great football season and they make it all the way to the, to the state championship. But the, they're the underdogs in the championship. This team that they're playing against has won several times and they're the favorite team. And they're just getting beat up in the first half so they go in at halftime and the coach stands up and he says, Something like, you guys have played very well this season. You have nothing to be ashamed about. And everybody can tell he's getting ready to say, it's okay if we lose kind of thing. But then the captain of the team steps up and he says, he says, excuse me, coach, all due respect, but we haven't lost a game this season. We've made a lot of mistakes and every single one of us has made mistakes. We're not perfect. But as a team, we are perfect till right now. And if it's okay with you, he says, we want to keep it that way. I'm sorry if I'm getting upset about remembering the Titans movie. But I'm going to tell you, it just doesn't take a whole lot to make me cry. But it's, it, it's the same with us in Christ, man. You may have failed some things in the past, but if it's all the same to you, he says you don't have to fail anymore going forward. You continue all the way through your life 
And when you get to the end of it, you're going to look back and you say, yeah, I made some mistakes here and here and here. But Jesus took care of that. And guess what? I am now perfect. I am made perfect in Christ Jesus. So there is all this happening so that you may be perfect and complete. In fact, that's what perfect means. It means that you've completed it. And that's what God's will is, that He would take us to maturity, which means perfection, which means completion. Mm -hmm. That He would take us all the way to the end, and that we would never along the way throw in the towel and say, you know what? I just, I'm just not sure about the Jesus thing and Him being my Savior and Him being Lord of all. Well, like, like Pastor James ministered this morning earlier and we sang earlier, we're going to get to the place where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess on the earth, above the earth, and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So why don't we go ahead and just bow and profess that the whole way through our lives? How about that? And I believe, I believe we've got one more little phrase here in this passage. And it's just good news, man, that when all this is done and we're and we've just, even right now, if we have not thrown in the towel on Jesus, we're not lacking anything. Because the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. In other words, we shall not lack. There shall be nothing that we will be in want of. Because the Lord is our shepherd, and that's our status right now, that we are with, we're not without anything. So we can continue on in that, and that will be our story for the rest of our lives and into eternity, that we're lacking nothing because of Him. So praise God, and thank you, Lord, for this passage today. You gave this, Lord God, you, you knew when you gave this to James to write that it was going to be read throughout history, and it was going to be applied to people's lives throughout history. And you knew of this time right here when we would be at 110, one what is our address? 110 Jesus Avenue. 110 Jesus Avenue. Um, God's God's green earth, and um, in, in, 20, in 2023, April the 23rd. He knew. He wrote this passage for a lot of times for a lot of people, but he wrote it for us today. So I want to encourage us all to plow on, plow on. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Be patient. And we'll, we'll see ourselves standing with God, having liked nothing ever. All right. So thank you guys again. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to we appreciate the opportunity to be with you. But to be able to speak to you today is a real privilege. We love you. And you ask God's blessing. And I'm going to pray before I sit down and I'll just pass, pass it back to Pastor James. Lord God, we do thank you for this passage of Scripture, Lord, and that it's meant for us, and that you've, you've allowed us to just kind of feast on this together this morning. We pray, God, that as we go forward, we'll remember the most important things about your Word. I know one of those things has got to be that we just won't quit on you. Just at every, every place in our journey, when we could turn away from you, we'll turn toward you. Every place in our walk, Lord God, when we could... Walk away from you, we'll run toward you. God, we'll never ever give up on you. We'll continue in patience with you and in this process that you have planned out for us. Help us with all this, God, we pray. Continue, Lord, as we spend whatever time together we have here. 
that it would be in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen.